Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you move your mind. I bet you come way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis, oh yeah. Talk Memphis. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're going to have a program that's designed for those people. We have the question that's asked to me more often than any other question is, how do you select a good advisor? Well, I've got a couple of guys in the office today. We're going to walk through that whole process of really what are some things that you should ask an advisor. You know, sometimes you go into the meeting and you're, you're, you're sitting down for the first time with an advisor and you just it you struggle because... They're using terminology that you're not familiar with, and they're talking, and they've got on the suit, and maybe they've got numbers, and you're going, I just, I feel intimidated. I I don't know what to ask. Well, guess what? We're going to walk through some things, give you several questions just simply to give you the answers. I mean, we're going to say, here's the question. Here's what you should be looking for. It's information that should help you as far as when you go through the process of making a decision, of selecting an advisor that you want to spend a lifetime with, guiding you through this financial maze that we all know that is so extremely important. So that's that's part of the program. Then the second half of the program, you know, one of the biggest issues that people have is when do I decide to work with an advisor? Do I start when I get out of college? Do I? What happens? You know, maybe it's one of those situations where you got a job change or something. Well, we're going to walk through some things that's going to kind of give you some in, in, some insight into saying, if this is going on in your life, maybe you should seek wise counsel. The Bible tells us that we should seek wise counsel, and the multitude of counselors gives us wisdom. That's important for us to know. I've got two guys that are going to help us through that. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But, hey, you know, I was reading something the other day. I, you know, and I, I have to tell you, it, I get a sense that sometimes we forget just how big this United States is and how financial, I mean, it, it blew me away. And this comes, again, I got this from the uh, the idea of the, the thought was from the Securities and Exchange Commission, and, and it, it was it blew me away. It said the U.S. stock market was worth $23.7 trillion, that's with a T, trillion, on June the 30th of 2016. The S&P made up 81% of the total U.S. stock market with its market capitalization as of 6.30, equal to $19.2 trillion. So, I mean, that's big, guys. That's uh, $23.7 trillion. But the U.S. bond market, including treasuries, municipals, corporates, mortgages, asset-based, asset-based debt, was worth, ready for this number? I mean, you know, if I had a drum roll, this would be a drum roll, good drum roll. $40.7 trillion as of 6.30. That's the U.S. bond market was worth $12.4 trillion in uh, 1996, 12 31 of 1996. Securities and Exchange Commission gives us that information. Here's the deal. That's big. And we forget just how big we really are. Well, that's important, but that's not what we're here for. 
We're going to talk later on with two people. we got guys like uh, Chris Abair is going to talk with us, one of our managing directors, and Frank Lecarica is going to talk to us, and he's going to walk us through how do you work with an advisor and how do you select an advisor. Questions that you do not want to miss. I mean, questions that you want to write down. So stay with us, because when we come back, it's got these two guys going to walk us through exactly what we should be asking. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Jim Shoemaker, Chris Bear, and Frank Lacarica are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. If you have financial questions that you would like answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. You know, one of the things that I get asked a lot is how do you select an advisor? In fact, recently I was traveling and I was sitting in an airport and a guy introduced himself and I introduced him. And he asked me, he said, well, you know, I've got to make a decision on working with someone. What questions should I ask? And, you know, I, I thought about it, and it, actually we get that a lot. And you have asked us a lot. How do you go about selecting an advisor? So my guests today, Chris Bear and Frank Lacarica, they're going to give us the whole process. I'm going to, we're going to walk through several questions that these guys have put together to simply give you some of the answers. What are you looking for? What questions do you ask? And what are the answers that you should expect? So welcome to the program, guys. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Good morning, Jim. Jim. Happy to be here. Good. All right, guys. So let's do this. I'm going to start with you, Chris. We'll kind of just go from, you know, the process. One of the biggest questions that I think people ask is, how do you get paid? And that's a legitimate question. But, you know, what what are you expecting when someone asks that question? Well, there's obviously a lot of anxiety coming into an, uh, an office and meeting with an advisor and having a, a conversation that you have to be very vulnerable about. Uh, and ultimately, once you get past the trust factor, can I trust this guy? It's always inevitably, how do you get paid? You know, you're here to provide a service. You're here to provide for your family as well. This isn't a pro bono situation. So how do you get compensated? So when I hear that from a client, uh, the best way that you can, you can really get that question answered is there's two ways that we ultimately get compensated in this business. There is uh, the fee-based where we get paid a fee uh, for the advice that we're going to provide, a plan that potentially we would provide. Uh, and then there is uh, what we say commission-based. Neither is right or wrong. Uh, but at the end of the day, those are the two primary ways that we get compensated in this business. And you need to understand that it may be a mixture of the two. It may be fee only, just be making a fee, or commission only. And I think what you need to do is just simply ask. And I mean, the way I would word that question is how are you going to make money? 
Mm-hmm. You know, how to because because you're right. The, the client's got to say, you know, if you're not going to make money, you won't be around very long. Mm-hmm. But but just having and you know what I've noticed and see if you agree with this, Chris, is if a person hesitates in answering that question, it makes me always wonder, is there something yeah. they're not telling me with the when they hesitate? I like the way you just said, hey, it's either fee based or it's commission or it's a combination of the two. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of a good point right there. Anything else you should add in that? No, I think you uh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there should be a red flag that goes off. I mean, everyone should know how they're compensated. I think we all know how we're compensated. Right. Most people when they go to work, uh, and this is no different. Again, we're again we're doing a service here. We're providing a service, and I don't think anybody's against their advisor being compensated as long as we're transparent. That's a good point. One of the things, Frank, that I think a lot of people ask is, you know, a, a standard. You know, we know we have a standard, and so the question is, what standard? Do you work under now the word standards a big word. So help me with understanding if I'm asking that question again, if you're listening now, second question to ask and you write it down is what standard do you work under? It's it's a good question to ask, Jim. Uh, one of the uh, the things that I would encourage you to to consider uh, make sure that your your advisor and your relationship is uh, one that, that that has a fiduciary capacity. Make sure there's some suitability. Uh, requirements in there, uh, what that means. You, you go, well, that, that, that's a word. I've heard it a lot. What does it mean? What does fiduciary mean? Fiduciary means that, that they're required to act in your best interest. The suitability, that's pretty straightforward. Are the products or the services that you're recommending, are they suitable for my needs? Do they meet my needs? Fiduciary says that they have to act in your best interests. There is a requirement there. There is a standard there. There are there are needs that need to be met. Well, I think you're right on. Chris, you want to add to that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So there are two ways, uh, fiduciary versus suitability. The same as the previous question, neither is right or wrong. Um, Ultimately, you want your advisor to be held to a higher standard. Ultimately, you want your advisor to always act in your best interest. And just because he's acting in a suitable capacity doesn't necessarily make it wrong. It just means that you you want to be transparent about that and understand the different roles to which we can come to the table. You know, the way I looked at it, when I if somebody asked me the question, and you guys have done a great job, suitability, I'm dealing with it right now. It's in the moment. Yep. Are you suitable for what we're doing today? Yeah. Fiduciary stays with us forever and keeps going on. I know when we were talking about the program, you had a great example of fiduciary, Frank. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, while it's not exactly yeah, it's uh, not our industry, it's not financial industry. But uh, my wife, uh, we uh, we went and got her oil. Ch- I'm not going to say where we got her oil changed. Uh, went to her parents' house, noticed that there was about four quarts of oil on the driveway uh, after spraying it off. Uh, took it back uh, to the. To the, to the oil chain shop, and they said, well, yeah, we didn't put any oil in there. And after, you know, checking the engine, everything was like, hey, they put the oil back in there. But imagine, imagine if I had came back there and they said, well, you know what, Mr. Lecarica, thanks so much for your service. Not my problem. Good luck. Yeah, that's uh, that's that in the moment. That's the in the moment yeah. service. It, it, from a fiduciary standpoint, they're responsible for my ongoing Relationship. Okay, service. so we've talked about two questions. How do you get paid? How do you make money? Number two is are you working under the standard where suitability is your standard or are you a fiduciary? I actually heard something the other day. I was um, driving down the road and uh, heard a commercial. I was in a, a, I was in a loaner car. Some, my car was having some brake work done. And uh, I and it wasn't my station that I would have been listening to. It was his station, but it was somebody who advertised themselves, quote unquote, as a fiduciary. You know, guys, we've functioned as fiduciaries since we started. 
I mean, this is 1978. This is not new to us. This person obviously has just attained the status of a fiduciary, and he thought that was big enough to advertise for it. I think that's important for people to know, for, for the public to know, look at the person, find out, just simply ask the question, what standard do you operate under? So that's a good point. Yes. Yeah, and, and I'll add, uh, we are dealing with a more sophisticated population when it comes to financial planning. Uh, information is out there, and you're hearing that word fiduciary pop up more and more these days. And I think that's great, especially considering you paved the path, you know, dating back to 1978. Now, let me just go ahead and say, 78, I think I was born. Frank, Give it up. Give it up. Hey, John. We've got to go into this program from now on so you and I can punch buttons when they start talking about age. You know, they've started this. This this is becoming a little bit of a movement in the offices about my age. I get it. I get it. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I think I was born in 82. I'm not saying anything else. Yeah, but, but that, I, know, I haven't been muted yet, have yeah, I? Yeah, but you're close. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely. I mean, we're dealing with a lot more information, a lot more sophisticated investor, and that's great. I think that's awesome because we have nothing to hide, and, and I think that's great that you, you go to the table, you have questions to ask, and you get the questions that that suits your needs. And it's all about your gut. Trust yeah, your gut in this situation. That's a good point. You know, you mentioned 1978, but the reality is when we started the company, our mindset was we're going to be a financial planning firm. Now, I had people telling me, what's a financial planning firm? You can't do that. You got to do this or this or this. I don't know if we were we had insight where we were blessed that God was directing us. That's what I'll say, that God was directing us. But the reality, we felt that the fiduciary standards was what we were all about. I mean, it, was, it wasn't about us. It couldn't be about us. It had to be about the client. That was our mindset. That was the beginning of the firm. That's how we've always operated. And again, now today, financial planning, quote unquote, is the buzzword that a lot of people are using or financial you know, services or financial strategies or whatever you want to call it from that standpoint. All right, guys, here's the question that I think so many times clients forget to ask, and yet it's one of the most pivotal important questions that they could ask. What is your investment philosophy? How do you manage risk? And that, that question. And then how do you make buy and sell decisions? To me, to everybody, that should be one of the first questions you ask. And yet so many times people forget to ask that to the advisor. Frank, talk about it. It's it's a it's a legitimate concern, and it should be one of the more important uh, points and areas that you focus on when work when trying to decide what advisor to work with. Who do I want to work with? Uh, we use a uh, what's called a MAPS, a, a Model Asset Portfolio Score. It's uh, it's a several page questionnaire that that asks any and, and and all questions you you can think of to ensure that we are we are making investment decisions that are in line with what you are trying to accomplish, with your goals in mind, with your risk tolerances in mind, making sure that, that we, are, we are investing according to the way you want your money to be invested. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. And I'll say this, risk tolerance is a question, or I say a phrase that comes up a lot when you think about financial planning or you hear about financial advising. Uh, risk tolerance being the palette of, uh, that you can accept market losses, because everybody accepts market gains. No one's disappointed about market gains, but it's always when the market goes down, how, or how are you going to react? And I think that's what those questionnaires are asking is, listen, if, if things were to go bad, hypothetically, you know, how would you react? Would you sell? Uh, and that's what we're trying to do is get a pulse of who are you as an individual. Of course you love it when the market's up 10%, but what if it's down 10? That's a great point. You know, I think one of the biggest issues so many people, and we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the program, if you're the investor and you don't understand what the advisor's telling you or what the advisor's doing, or, you know, as you're going through this process and you don't quite understand the maps, you don't quite understand the questions, then then this is a person you probably shouldn't hire. 
When a person talks down to you or a person talks in a language that you don't understand, that's not a person that you want to work with. And I'll say this, Jim, I do a lot of interviewing and one of my objectives, as you know, is to identify other advisors to potentially be a good culture fit for our firm. And the one thing that I always say and I always look for is communication skills because we are communicating very complicated topics, topics that people don't live in all day, every day. They may read a journal here or there. They may listen to a radio show every now and again. But at the end of the day, this is not a comfort zone for them. So we have to have the ability to communicate in a way that they understand it because it's their money. It's about them. So at the end of the day, it's not how much we know. It's how much we care. Absolutely. And it's not just the plan. It's totally about results. Well said. Well said. I told you I'd get that in. <laughs> you did. Well, let me make sure everybody knows. Chris Abair and Frank are both these guys are, are both one or two of our managing directors and field directors, and they're working very hard. They're building the firm. They're they're the younger generation. I'm very proud of them. And if you'd like a question, you got something you would like. This is the guys, if you're interested in in this career, you would like to be working with people. As Frank just said, communication is one of the biggest, most important skills that we look for. Obviously, having a sense of what numbers mean and all those things are part of it, but just caring about people. If you really do want to be a servant to people, this is a career that really focuses on that. That means you are a fiduciary. It's not about you. It's about the client. So give these guys a call. Let me give you the number. I do this all the time, 757-5757. Chris Bear, Frank Lecarica, either one of these guys can guide you through on how to, to make a selection if this is a career that you'd like to talk about with them. Model asset scoring, the portfolio score, a lot of questions, but it does identify, Frank, the person's risk. And that's critical. I mean, that's so important for people to understand. What type of portfolio? Here's the question that we're talking about. What type, I'm asking the question, what type of portfolio do you recommend for me based on that risk tolerance that we just discovered that I have? Thanks for the loaded question, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not a a simple you answer, you you fall in this score, and this is the portfolio that kicks out that you want. So well said. Now, let me me couch that. I'm glad that's what you said. I had no earthly idea how you would answer that. But that is so critical because so many times planning people go and everybody gets a cookie cutter. If you stand Mm -hmm. six feet tall, you get this one. If you're 5'11", you get this one. If you're four foot seven, you get this one. If you're 16 feet tall, you get the, I mean, whatever. And that's not how we do it. You can't do it that way and call yourself a financial planner. You, you, you can't. It's uh, where, where it is, is it's a starting point. And that's where the conversation comes in. That's where the relationship comes in. That's where the questions come in. That's where the, the advisor should earn his place. It's understanding your needs, using, using questions, using intuition, using the, the maps. I mean, the, the model portfolio is, is, it's important, but it's just a component. It's not, it's not the answer. It is a piece of the answer. That's a great. That's a great way of putting it, Chris. When you talk with someone, I love what you said about the communication score and how you want somebody to really be able to to be a good communicator. But when they're talking with this person and they developed that risk tolerance with them, and they're going through that process, how do you sense that our you know it, we talk about advisors? Again, the advisors got to move through a very very because you have most of the time. Two people there. Yeah. So how difficult is that? 
So when you say two people, is that like husband and wife? Husband and wife. And aren't they normally opposites attract? Opposite attracts. <laughs> one of them's detailed and the other one is at the 30,000. And foot. one's aggressive and the other one's ultra conservative, yes, right? Exactly. And that's why, again, it's not a cookie cutter plan. Uh, we have to customize a strategy for them because although we tend to have similar goals, uh, families tend to have similar goals in life, everyone goes about it differently. And our goal and our process in building a portfolio is to customize it to not only their risk tolerance, as we've been talking about, but also to the timing of when they need the money, uh, whether it's four years away. Obviously, we got to tweak the portfolios because four years isn't a lot of time to invest. If it's 34 years away, then obviously we have a lot more time. So we always want to make sure, one, we're customizing a portfolio that fits them, the couple. Again, opposites attract, uh, trying to please all parties, but and at the same time making sure that that money is readily available for them when it's, when it's time to then pull those assets. Well, I think that's critical. Now, let me ask you this question. Again, we're walking through questions we talked about from the idea of how do you get paid, you know, what, what, how do you make money in this relationship? Uh, do you work under suitability or fiduciary? Uh, what's your investment philosophy has been one of them. And what type of portfolio would you recommend based on my risk tolerance? Now, here's a question for you. Am I working just with Chris by himself, totally alone in the deep, dark jungle of finance? Or do you have a team? Fortunately for you, Jim, and, and, and even my clients, uh, they, I, they have a team. I always tell my clients, the good news about, about Shoemaker and, and what we do is I am not the smartest person in the building, so you should uh, take a breath of fresh air and know that I have a team behind me that, that is very, very intelligent. They have years and years of experience, CFPs, uh, you know, CPA. We have a, a, an investment committee. We have a, you know, the planning committee. Uh, we have uh, in, individuals with Almost 40 years, if not more than 40 years of experience. Is that right, Jim? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Just that, remember, I was doing it before you were born. I like that. John, I'm going to really work on that. You know, that's great. By the way, I've earned the right to say that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did say you have more hair than the both of us here. That's so, exactly uh, right. Fortunately, we're not doing television. <laughs> <laughs> but no, absolutely. So there is a team and uh, a team approach that we have. It's it's a firm mentality. It's a uh, you know it's a village to raise advisors. It's a village to to help clients uh, through you know the the timeline that they're going to go through in life and all the the ups and downs and celebrating the good stuff. So, and then obviously knowing that we plan for any of the unfortunate stuff that happens. Well, when we come back, I want to kind of dive in to say. You know, here's what a lot of people think about. I like working with Frank. I like working with Chris. Either one of you guys. I mean, I you're great. But all of a sudden, I hear this tragic news. You got hit by a bus yesterday. What happens? That question, I think, is a critical question that people fail to ask because no one wants to talk about it. Yet, if that happens and you've been working on a plan for a long time, is there somebody to step in? So that's going to be the question when we come back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. My guest, Frank Lacarica and Chris Abear. We're talking about questions that you ask when you're selecting an advisor. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Helping you make the most of your money, Talk Money will return right after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money. Well, welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest today, Chris Bear and Frank Lacarica, and we're talking the questions that you need to be asking when you're selecting an advisor. And 
You know, it, it's questions we've been we've been asked multiple times. One of the things when you go to talk money at shoemakerfinancial.com, you've got a question for us. Type it in, we'll get it on the air. This is a question that we got. Basically, how do you how do you select an advisor? What are the questions? Well, we've been going through everything from how do you get paid to what's your investment philosophy, you know, what standard are you suitable do you work only on suitability? You're done and what you know, kind of that one and done deal, or are you a fiduciary? Do you stick it out? Do you handle, do you hold my hand when it's tough? Do you understand those are the reasons why I work with you? Because I want you to look at my best interest at all times. That's a fiduciary. What type of portfolio would you recommend based on my risk? That's important. And then here's the question for you. Who's on your team? You know, am I, am, I, am I just working with one person or is there a group of people behind you? These guys have said, no, there's got to be people behind you. There's got to be those people that are helping because nobody can be an expert in all areas of finance. You need the team. And that's what these guys have been talking about. I left the break when we said, what happens if you, the advisor, pass away? That's a question. If I'm selecting an advisor, I want him to look me in the eye and say, this is the plan. Should I not make it into the office today, tomorrow? What happens, Chris? Well, uh, as we left it and we, we told you how fortunate it is that we do have a team, and I am not the most intelligent person in the building or on the team, if you didn't appreciate it then, you would appreciate it in the event of, uh, unfortunately, if something happened to me. Uh, if you're my client, if something happens to me, the good news is is my team will step up and make sure that they honor all of the promises that I've made my clients and honor all the plan that we're, that we're on and the track that we're going. So they're going to pick up the pieces, and they're certainly going to be there reaching out to my clients, making sure that they know not only what's happened uh, from, from, a, from a standpoint of what, what's happened to me, but also – uh, making sure that they, they feel comfortable with the idea that, hey, we're going to press on. And so the, 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 the idea that they already have some insight into what's going on, it's just kind of like, yeah, there's a huge miss. I mean, obviously that would be a huge problem, but it's not like you've been abandoned. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's important for, for people that when we do this question because my reality is if you're working in, you know, with one person and there is no team, there is no – and all of a sudden – the doors are shut. What do you do? I mean, that is a, you know, if I've been spending time with you, Chris, for 10 years, and you're out here in executive suites at 101, whatever, and I go to the office and that office is closed because I didn't know something happened to you. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what do I do? Where, who do I contact? Talk about a lonely feeling. You know, every Christmas, Libby and I started a tradition of watching It's a Wonderful Life. And the funny thing about that is um, when the banks closed down, everybody's rushing to the banks. Libby turned to me, my wife, and she says, surely that's never happened, right? <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not saying that this is that extreme, but that's the feeling that I would imagine you Absolutely. get in the event your your advisor dies and you don't know who to contact. Absolutely. It, it, there's it, the, the feeling of abandonment. The, the, it's, 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 it's just an, another level of, of managing risk. Yeah, that's a- Ultimately, that's what it is, the risk that – you know, your your lone wolf advisor is not there for you when you need and not because of any fault of his own no, no. Uh, unforeseen circumstances, but it's something to consider. That's a great point. Let me ask you this question, guys. Here's here's some frank for you. Uh, the typical client. You know, I think that's a question. 
If I'm working with you, I want to know what's your typical. Client? It, it's it's a great question. Uh, it, what I would say is is you'll you'll run into a lot of people who say, well, you know, my my you have to have a million dollars, you have to have two million dollars, you have to have half a million dollars, or else, you know, I'm gonna. We we do not believe that at Shoemaker. What we believe is we will not turn anyone away. The person who has a million dollars is just as valuable, just as important as the person who doesn't. Yeah. In in in. Probably more so. Our advice is, is is even more important to the person who who doesn't have a, a large amount of assets to fall back on to make sure that that no matter what happens that they're okay, their family's okay, and things happen the way they want it to happen. Yeah, I think one of the things we did when we started the company in 1978 was kind of kind of say that we're here to teach stewardship. We're here to help people financial literacy, and it, we were not going to turn anybody away. So, so again, it's not just about being a wealth manager or only for the wealthy or only for those that can pay our fee. We do a lot of pro bono work for people that come in that just need a budget. And uh, I, I think the way I've always looked at that is our job is to teach stewardship as financial people that understand it and can convey it. Uh, biblically, that's what we've always said. We, we just wouldn't turn anybody away. So, again, again, that's our philosophy. That doesn't make it right or wrong, but when somebody says, what's your typical client, yeah. we look at the spectrum. Now, I may do more work than someone like XYZ, but if somebody walks in and says, well, I'm not XYZ, would you work with me? The answer is sure. We'll do our best to work with you. We'll find someone that can guide you through this financial maze that so many people struggle with. That, that's a that's a it, that's the main difference I think in in philosophically where our firm is positioned versus the marketplace. I agree. I think you're exactly right. When we come back, and Chris, I don't, well, go ahead, Chris. I'll, I'll yeah, take real it. quick. I mean, we, we're as, as silly as this may sound. Uh, we actually invest in relationships. We're, we're a relationship business, so we want our top 250, 300 relationships, and those are people that we're investing our time in, and those are people that we're going to continue to see through their journey in life, and that's that's really important. I take that very seriously. That's a great point. We have Rebecca Brazier coming up, and she's going to give us our Mid-South History Moment, which is something a lot of you say is one of the favorite parts of the program. So when we come back, here's what a question for you. Where's my money kept, guys? Hey, what happens to it? Is it in your back pocket? Is it in the little safe in the back wall back there? Where's my money? I want to know. Where's the money? Show me the money. (laughs) You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. The millionaire Robert Reed Church, Memphis's most prominent business leader and philanthropist at the turn of the last century, was the product of an interracial union between a steamboat captain and an enslaved seamstress. During the Civil War, when he was forced to be a cabin steward on a union steamboat, Church married a former slave named Louisa Ares. After the war, the couple started a number of businesses that became a great source of wealth for the city as the years progressed. But their success did not come easily. During the race riot of 1866, Church was shot in his saloon and left for dead. But he recovered and resolved to remain in Memphis despite the violence. After surviving the yellow fever epidemic, Church used his own money to build the public park and auditorium on Bill Street, the first major urban recreational center in the nation to be owned by an African-American. The auditorium became a center of Memphis civic and cultural life. 
W.C. Handy was employed there for a time, and it was the site chosen for President Theodore Roosevelt's visit to Memphis in 1902. In 1906, Church founded the first African-American-owned bank in Memphis in the 20th century, and during the panic the next year, he avoided a run on his bank by placing bags of money in its windows to demonstrate that he had enough money to pay back his customers. Throughout his years in Memphis, Church was the most active philanthropist in the city. He not only purchased the first bonds issued by the city after it declared bankruptcy, but also saved local church property from being seized when he paid off their creditors. In a marvelous coincidence, Church died in 1912, the same year his former employee, W.C. Handy's hit song, Memphis Blues, was introduced to the world. This has been another Mid-South History Moment. Brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. If you have financial questions that you would like answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, obviously, one of the biggest questions that I think you should ask. And again, we don't, you know, this is only for that rare occasion. But so many times, where's my money? Where is my money kept? And that's a question that, you know, you think, well, I don't have to ask that. But in reality, if you go back and look in history and Mr. Madoff, if somebody would have been asking about that particular question to him, then then some of that would have not occurred. The reality is everybody trusted him. And, of course, that's what happens. You walk into an interview. You're not willing to ask some of these questions. How do you get paid? How do you make money? How do you manage my risk? Those are questions, again, that all about, the, you know, are you willing to just look the person in the face and say, I've got some questions for you. We've talked about how do you make money? What standard do you work under? Are you suit? Do you work on a suitability or are you a fiduciary? Very important question. But the reality is, one part one part of this whole thing is: Do you ask the question, "Where's my money?" Well, of course you do. And I'm asking Chris, "Where's my money?" This is a deep question. It's uh, I don't want to get too much in the weeds. There is a clearing firm uh, that broker dealers and advisors use. Uh, for us personally, we use Pershing, which is a division of Bank of uh, New York Mellon. Uh, the the one thing that I really just want to for uh, the listeners to take away from this, Jim, is if you take nothing away from the show today, do not do not ever make a check payable to your advisor. And, oh. and I hear that way too often, yeah. and, and more often than you really think, uh, more often than we should. But just do not make a check payable to your advisor. Now, if the if the individual happens to be an investment advisor, registered investment advisor, it may be that you might make the check to. J.H. Shoemaker Advisory Corporation. Yep. But if you do, just ask simply for the for the papers and say, you know, let me see, are you a registered investment advisor? And if they are, they'll tell you yes, and they'll, they'll show you that. That's not a problem. There's tons of paperwork there for that work. But the reality is if you're making a pe- pay- check payable to James Shoemaker or Jim Shoemaker or J.H. Shoemaker and there's nothing else there, uh, that's probably going into my bank account, and uh, you have to be careful. One of the things is is looking at statements with someone. Make sure you understand what the statements are going to look like. We've actually seen people that have put statements, uh, you know, run them on the printer today. You can do so much work with a printer today that uh, that's fraud and uh, that's a problem. So you don't want to be a part of that. So understand what statements look like and have them show you a statement and make sure that it doesn't ever change. Those are those are critical things like that. So let me ask you this final question, and I guess talk through it. What are the credentials? What kind of credentials should we expect this person to have, Frank? 
Uh, you know, uh, from a, from a fiduciary standpoint, you know, obviously you, you want to make sure that you're working with someone that is licensed to give advice. Uh, there are so many people out there that are, you know, that I'm a financial advisor. I'm a, it's not the financial advisor title is not a regulated title. You want to make sure that the person you're talking to is actually licensed to give the advice he's giving. So that way, when you go back, you're not going back to the oil chain shop and they're saying, Hey, tough, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Right. Uh, you know, the second thing, we are, as Chris alluded to earlier, we are in an information-rich environment. Go to FINRA. Go to Broker Check. Run your broker's record. Make Look at his background. We, we, we have to disclose every single thing that's ever happened to us in the history of, you know, all... We are highly regulated. We are. And, and so when you look back and you go, you know, I want to work with someone who, if your advisor's, you know, filed for bankruptcy, if there's, if, if there's some credit history, is that someone you really want to trust with your money? Yeah, that's the, again, the reality is you are trusting this person with your money. Yeah. And so check it out. Check them out on Fenrit, broker check. Find out if they've got a clean record. Those are critical. And are they licensed properly? What type of license? And, uh, you know, again, maybe, you know, it would be best if you got a referral to this person uh, and then talk to some of the clients. And what I always know that you can't get testimonials. We're not allowed to give a testimonial. So it's, you know, it's, which is amazing. I can't give somebody to, you know, to put in print that I'm doing a decent job because I might, you know, literally pay this guy to do that. And you're trusting what this guy's saying, but we can't do that. So, again, we live as fiduciaries in a highly regulated business. And so understand that the person you're talking to lives in that same environment. Find out what their status is in that environment. Chris, anything else? Well, you know, we're very proud uh, to, to to market ourselves as a planning firm. Uh, so we we have several CFPs, and yes, which stands do. for Certified Financial Planner. In fact, I think we're one of the largest firms in the city with have CFPs. And, and, and a great thing about that is we have a class currently, right? We're all pursuing the CFP. Yeah. There's there's 12 to 15 of us all in the process uh, of pursuing our CFP because this is a career of learning. We don't ever stop learning in this business because markets change. Uh, tax status, ta- Taxes change. Uh, Affordable Care Act changes the market. All these things are changing the market, so we have to continue to learn and sharpen our sharpen Sharpen our pen and make sure that we are uh, doing the best for our clients. Well, so you're you're right on track there. You're, you're, so you're, you're thinking about it's about the client. You're thinking about focusing. That's the fiduciary mindset. When we come back, we've got to take a break. But when we come back, here's what I want us to think about: the idea behind reasons to work with an advisor. What happens in our life that makes us think about some reasons that we should be working with an advisor? Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the midst South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact 901-757-5757 at shoemakerfinancial.com. 
You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we've been talking about some questions that you should ask if you're looking for an advisor. And we've given you, I think, some some fundamentals, some, some thought-provoking questions. And the reality is, I hope you've written them down. I hope you thought if you need a question or you got some more questions for us, call us at 757-5757. Chris Bear, Frank Lecarica, and either one of these guys can give you the questions, help you even understand more, or guide you through the process. But here's the thing. I think one of the things is, okay, what's going on in my life that all of a sudden causes me to say, I need to talk to a financial advisor? Frank, help me with this, because there's some reasons that a person needs to say, I need to step it up, and I need to get the advice. What are, give me some reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the reasons might be uh, you, family members, experienced a major change in health uh, that that can affect income it can affect expenses insurance these these are all things that 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 require minor tweaks or at least some discussion around you know the the plan the philosophy we have in place you know one of the things too when you that first interview with any advisor is going to be an informational interview and that's done for no charge that's done where we're we're just we don't know you come walking in and somebody's had a health change and you're thinking, well, okay, but they're not going to be, you know, click the clock and say, okay, you're going to be here for two hours, but I'm charging you. You don't know. So everybody needs to understand that first informational information, you know, type of interview is just simply to say, let me introduce myself to you. Let you introduce me to me. What is your question? Yes, we can help. We're kind of the quarterback when it comes to financial. We might say, well, you know what? That's a great comment. We need to work through that. Let's get an attorney to help us. Or, hey, you know, that's a tax. We need to bring your CPA in. We're pulling in who you might. Maybe it's a hospice question. We'll help you with that because we've done that. The reality is, is when you say something like health has happened, it's that first interview that becomes more of an informational at no cost. Absolutely. Okay. Now, number two, what's the second reason, Chris? Yeah, no, absolutely, Jim. So what we have here is uh, you're thinking of buying or selling or maybe even refinancing your home, uh, and that creates a lot of uh, either motivation because you're buying that dream home, that home you've always envisioned you'd have and you would share with your families with Christmases and Thanksgivings, uh, or it could be you're selling and downsizing. Uh, it could be, you know, I, I bought this home 10 years ago. Uh, I've heard that rates are low. Maybe I should refinance. So just a consultation of, one, how do I save money to, to pursue the home that I want to buy? What do I do with the money that I may be ca- capturing by selling the home? And then am I, am I, is the way I've structured the debt or way I've mortgaged my home, is it the best way I could possibly be uh, financing that home? So you're doing a complete review of that. I mean, Absolutely. it's just not a question to reach out of the clear blue sky and answer. You're actually helping them by going through and guiding them through that process of debt restructuring. And that's that's important. Number three, what's number three? Uh, you could lose a job. You might think you can lose a job. You might be changing a job, which, which leads into all kinds of uh, areas of uncertainty, questions. What do I do with my old 401k? What about my benefits? How do I pay my bills in the interim? What changes do I need to make to my plan to ensure that the next couple months go smoothly? Mm. That's a, you know, the, so many times I think people, I had someone recently ask me the question, said, what do I do about my health insurance? Uh, because they had lost their job. And, and you know, that is a 
That is a tough question. And we went through multiple scenarios of what they could do. I had Shannon to come in and, mm-hmm. and guide them through that. Shannon Dyson is somebody that's been on the program multiple times. He's the guy that runs our benefits division, helps us with making decisions about Medicare, Medicaid, health, health insurance, all those things. And, again, I didn't know the answers, but I knew Shannon, if he didn't know, he knew where to go. But But Shannon's... You know, he is one of the bright guys in the office. He's Chris, definitely the expert. He is the expert. <laughs> and the reality is you could sense as the, as the questions and concerns and all the thought was going, I could see the anxiety of the client, of the person who had come in to begin. You could just see it. It was just melting off of them because when they came in, they were so concerned, so tense. They had minor children, all this kind of stuff. Now, they were they had not they had decided what they wanted to do. But they didn't know the timeline. It was important. And I I actually experienced it with them as I watched them beginning to feel more comfortable because of what was happening in that process. Great point, um, Frank, that that is so critical. Um, what about uh, the person who decides, I'm thinking about retirement? In fact, guys, I read recently, you know, well, tell me, first of all, do you think that's one of the questions that people decide that's important, Chris? You know, it, it, absolutely. If you haven't talked to an advisor and you're in the red zone of retirement, uh, maybe you're at one of these corporations where you felt provided for and you've saved all this money into your retirement account and you just can't connect the dots of how you create income from this bucket of money. So you're in the red zone of retirement and you just want someone to stress test, you know, show me how I take this money and I provide income for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so critical. I just read an article recently that talked about this came out of retirement confidence survey that was done by uh, Employment Benefit Research Institute. And it was amazing. He said 24% today need a million dollars. 24% of a thousand pre-entirees need a million dollars to do, to live comfortably in retirement. That's up from 2005 when it was only 15%. I mean, yeah. so you're talking about that's pressure, and that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. And then here we are in a low-interest environment, which creates a lot of anxiety for people. So how do they really create income from that? And that's where we step in as an advisor to show them how to do that. Now, we've talked about people. You know, let's talk about that sixth one, Mar- what is what the next number is. I, <laughs> the reasons, the reasons, because this is one that I think so many people don't think about. It's marriage. Yeah. Yeah, your your marriage status might change. Uh, maybe you're you're getting married. All of a sudden, you're responsible for more than just yourself. <laughs> that's a that's, or that's having a, a baby. That or, could be a baby. Or having a baby. Also, a, a change in in marital status. Have, having children, grandchildren might be on the way. It, it might be you know. Too often we see uh, the first time we see somebody is when they have. Oh, I need to start planning for college. I think that's so critical. And so whether it's retirement, whether it's planning for college, whether it's marriage, whether it's lost of you know, job, whether it's the whole idea of a house mortgage, those are reasons. So, you know, if you've been listening, you've been listening to two guys that are very dedicated to what they do. If you're interested in joining a firm, if you're interested in knowing more about what financial planning is all about, Chris Bear, Frank Lecarico, these are guys that can help you, 757-5757. Just give them a call. They're, they know how to go about the process of telling you more about the industry, about the firm. They're into that every day. They're very passionate guys. Thanks so much for being a part of the program today. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate Jim, thanks it. for having us. You know, us. you guys, are, I really appreciate what you did. It was one of those programs that just simply with tons of information. And, of course, commenting about my age, that was uh, not entertaining, but we'll talk about that later. Well, if you just tune and of course, this is Jim Shoemaker, and I appreciate you being here today. They've done a great job. Chris A. Bear, Frank Lecarico, they've been my guests, my producer, and 
board operator has been John McCommon. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Alana Moskovich. And, of course, Mid-South History Moment, always read by Rebecca Brazier and written by Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks for listening. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker, Chris A. Bear, and Frank Lacarica are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. CBS News at the top of every hour and the most local talk in the Mid-South. This is AM 990 KWAM Memphis.